Good morning, Seattle. Good morning to the people of Montana. I don't talk to you guys very often, do I? Good morning to the mountain women and mountain men of Montana who are currently hunting the skulkus beasts through the valleys of Dreg. That's right. Good morning to the mountain men and mountain women of Montana who are currently, you know, wearing clothes made out of leather and fur that they themselves treated. And they treated it, you know, nicely. You're out there, you sexy mountain men and women of Montana. Hunting the beasts and the lions, the tigers and the dragon lords. Hunting the vampires and the bullfrog snakes. I said bullfrog snakes because I have a little bit of cotton mouth and I'm drinking my green tea. Mm. Yummy. Yeah, it's the Little Saigon Report. It's January the 2nd, 2021. You made it. <laughs> Good for you. You made it to 2021. If you're listening to my voice on earth, and if you're in heaven, huh, it doesn't matter. You made it, buddy. You're just basically up there at the 300 level. Watching the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl of existence, the great eschatology. You have a great view. You can see those mountain men and mountain women of Montana, can't you? You can see them wandering through the valleys and the ravines covered in musk sweat and special oils and greases that accentuate their muscles. And like every great sci-fi post-apocalyptic franchise, there's always makeup and the Brazilian. Yeah, there's always Brazilians who will give you that Brazilian, and there's always makeup. And the clothes, even though they represent a post-apocalyptic reality, interestingly enough, show up on the, on the yeah, on the catwalk, on the runway in Paris a, a year later. Fuck. Or at Target. Target or, yeah, I don't know, maybe Target's dead. You know, there's probably a Target.com, right? And if I went there, I could order something. But I barely liked Target as a store. They were okay. I liked Target. I didn't hate them, though. But do I like Target enough that I want to go to their online venue to participate? And yeah, I don't even have the money for it. That's okay, though. I don't give a shit. Good morning. One could call this palindrome day if one wrote their dates a certain kind of way. For example... The Europeans sometimes put the months and the days in the wrong places, and that's because they're assholes. Sometimes the dates are represented in a, another language, so it doesn't apply. Kind of like, you know, Aztec or Mayan or Chinese, Sumerian, cuneiform. What would be a palindrome in a, in a language that is a language of ideograms? Think about that for a second, because really palindromes are mostly meaningful in what are called polyphonetic or phonetic representational alphabets, unlike ideogrammic languages where the actual symbol is like the word, almost. In many cases, it is exactly like the word. Whereas in English or Latin or French or whatever, blah, 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 other languages, Hebrew, you take a series of letters and you combine them to create a new word, 
but each letter might have a meaning. However, that meaning becomes less relevant in the context of the word it creates. Hebrew is interesting because it seems to be a little bit of both. Hebrew, you know, the symbols mean something. Um, they're not just A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Every symbol has a meaning. On the other hand, um, it also behaves exactly like a polyphonetic alphabet. So it's an interesting language in a lot of ways for that reason, Hebrew. Greek is similar, okay, but still, you know, anywho. I'm sure every fucking Latin letter has a sacred meaning according to the Romans. And since I'm no big fan of the Romans, motherfuckers, I don't give a shit, man. That's what you get. Another topic before we get into our main subjects about the mountain men and I'm not going to talk anymore about the mountain men and women of Montana. Although I do think that would make an awesome series of some sort, maybe on Cinemax. If done tastefully, Dan, tastefully. Like your friend Mike said, you don't have to stick the booby in the face. You can just have them fade to black. You don't need to see them banging. So much is left to the imagination, and that is the space within which all great things form. So why do you need to have it thrown in your face? You see, there are things, people look at Sodom, for example, and they say, well, the Sodomites were sinners, and that's definitely true. I mean, you know, I believe that's true, at least according to the book of Genesis, I believe that's true. They were sinners. They were horrific sinners. They were grotesque sinners, but they also were something else. They did not give a shit about the misery around them. That was part of it, too. It's not just that they sinned like horrible wild animals fucking each other in every fucking hole. The Lord in heaven has understood our bullshit since the beginning. Okay? But to do all that stupid, nasty shit in the stupidest way possible, kind of like today's culture, and then at the same time to ignore and to denigrate and to figure out ways to dehumanize people who are in states of misery. For example, the people that are slowly dying because of this wretched fucking lie. I don't, I don't really give a shit if you care about an old fool like me. I'm 50 years old. I get a C+. But there are a lot of young people out there who have barely started their fucking life. Sodom was destroyed because it sinned, and Sodom was destroyed because it thought its righteousness was without sin. Or here's another way of putting it. They would feed people a lot of bullshit, a lot of gaslighting, guilt-building bullshit. They will put you into a debt box. They will tie you up with credit cards, and then on the outside of the box, they will rape your family and your future, and then they will tell you you are the sinner because you didn't want to give it freely, man. Sodom was destroyed for sin, but the sins weren't of the flesh solely. If we understand the word of Jesus Christ, the sins of the flesh are bad, but they are not the worst sins. They often lead to the worst sins, but they're not the worst. I don't think so. And also, if you're a Christian, a fashionable Christian who wants to tell me all sins are created equal, I will tell you something. Jesus Christ got pissed off. He didn't get pissed off for no reason. He was God. He is God. So if he got pissed off, is it because he saw something that angered him? I think Jesus saw sin all the time, but he didn't always get pissed off, did he? Something to meditate on. Yeah, all sins are not created equal, folks. I'm sorry. That was kind of, that's kind of the message of Sodom, too. It's like, you can get away with a lot for a long time. But when you turn on your brothers and sisters and treat them like garbage, that's kind of when the Lord in heaven starts turning his face towards this place and asks himself, how much longer can it last? And if you're wondering, the last dispensation, the one that we were given, whether you're a covenant person or dispensation person, that dispensation was pretty clear and pretty simple. The message of Jesus Christ was really clear. Love your neighbor like yourself, okay? Do unto others. Be kind, be good, be peaceful, be loving, forgive, and accept forgiveness. And then go out and stop sinning. 
And that's also part of it too. And that includes everything. That includes, you know, drinking too much, using too many drugs, whatever the drugs might be, or any drugs at all, if they're actually pretty bad. Yeah, those are sins probably. But it also includes the billion little sins that everybody participates in every fucking day in this place we call the United States of America that enables it to continue doing horrible things everywhere on planet Earth. And I don't care if it's a Democrat who's bombing somebody or a Republican that's bombing somebody. I am fairly certain of the following. And if you're a Christian and believe, you should listen. Jesus doesn't want us dropping bombs on anybody. If we claim that there's some great pandemic, which, was, which is probably a great lie, then we are further aggravating the sin by obliterating people and supporting genocide and stealing people's shit that we do not own because we think might makes right. I'm a sinner. Not proud often ashamed. I am a sinner. A lot of you guys, maybe maybe some of you guys know that in the last couple days, I've had a hard time because I've had to accept the fact that I basically have tried to kill myself with alcohol this year. And, you know, I kind of knew it. I mean, back in March, right around the time of my birthday, I knew it. Let's, let's get real, folks, because I'm tired of the fuckers who say, I drank too much, therefore alcohol is bad. Wrong. I drove the car into that kid, therefore the car is bad. Wrong. Let's get real. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly who I was listening to. When I would, just, when I would choose to wake up at 6 a.m. and walk down to the Chevron and get myself a beer because that was the only way I could start a morning in that wretched, distasteful year of 2020, I knew exactly what I was doing. Now, let's not blame alcohol or guns or cars or any inanimate object for the terribly wretched shit that people do. Let's not do that. Let's get beyond that. Let's stop blaming inanimate fucking objects for our fucking problems. And, 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 and if I can add one more thing before I get into the first topic, which really might be the only topic of this one, this podcast, because I'm in such an angry rant. Let's stop blaming God for the shit we do. Let's stop blaming God for the murders we commit. Let's stop blaming God for the oceans we poison. Let's stop blaming God for the destruction we, all of us, participate in. Let's just do that as Christians. Let's take some fucking responsibility. Let's stop going to our fucking job and pretending, well, you know, gee, I don't hear anybody screaming, therefore what I do is okay. They, they make sure you don't hear the screams, people. Believe me. You won't hear the screams. And here's another little factoid that kind of just takes the wind and the air out of the whole Milgram experiment bullshit. Guys like Eichmann who push paper, they never heard the screams either unless they wanted to. Eichmann, who was quote-unquote one of the architects of the Holocaust, of the final solution. He was a logistics person. If he didn't want to spend any time at a camp, he never had to. If he didn't want to go the rail, rail yard, he didn't have to. Now, did he probably do some of those things? Sure, but he didn't have to. And here's what's really fucking important. The motherfuckers that worked for him, the ones that pushed the paper, the ones that ran the typewriters, they never had to see that shit, ever. So if your answer to the question, well, Dan, I don't hear the screams, ergo, what I'm doing is okay? Wrong answer. It was wrong in 1942. It's just as wrong in 2021.
lost that. I lost that battle, folks. But yeah, I'm going to you know make a long story short. I'm going to stop drinking at least as long as I can. I am not going to tell you that I know that I'm not going to drink tomorrow because I think that would be a lie. And I think Jesus knows in my heart how weak I am. And Jesus also has seen some of my strength. But don't feed me bullshit, folks, and let's not feed each other bullshit. Let's not pretend that we don't live in a very sinful place right now. Let's not pretend that those sins are not coming home to roost. Let's not pretend that a lot of us are ignoring the fact, especially those of us that live in certain cities like Seattle, we're ignoring the fact that our neighbors are slowly dying because of a fucking lie. Let's stop pretending. That's all. One more thing. I, I am on hiatus from doing services for a while. I don't know for how long. I was doing services for the Virtual Church of Little Saigon. Maybe I bit off too much to chew. I got some good advice a few days ago, about a week ago, and the advice was, you should talk again when the Spirit calls you. Well, the Spirit is calling me to speak, but not in a church service. It's calling me to speak my mind. But as far as having the the peacefulness in the soul to give people the service they need, I am not there right now. I might be in a week or so, I might be in a month, and I might never again. The ice cream always melts, folks. I keep bringing that up, but a lot of you people believe a lot of crazy-ass shit. Every fucking ice cream cone melts. Sorry. Eventually. This, however, is a reading from Isaiah 24. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for priest as for people, for the master as for his servant, for the mistress as for her servant, for seller as for buyer, for borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. The earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and withers. The heavens languish with the earth. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear their guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up, and very few are left. The new wine dries up, and the vine withers. All the merrymakers groan. The joyful timbrels are stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. No longer do they drink wine with a song. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred. In the streets they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. All joyful sounds are banished from the earth. The city is left in ruins. Its gate is battered to pieces. So will it be on the earth and among the nations. As when an olive tree is beaten, as or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest. They raise their voices. They shout for joy. From the west they acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore in the east give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear singing glory to the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away. Woe to me. The treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. Terror and pit and snare await you, people of the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of the pit will be caught in a snare. So sorry. The floodgates of the heavens are opened. The foundations of the earth shake. 
The earth is broken up. The earth is split asunder. The earth is violently shaken. The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy it is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls never to rise again. In that day, the Lord will punish the powers in the heavens above and the kings on the earth below. They will be herded together like prisoners bound in a dungeon. They will be shut up in a prison and be punished after many days. The moon will be dismayed, the sun ashamed. For the, for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion in Jerusalem and before its elders with great glory. This is the word of the Lord. Isaiah 24. But Dan, I'm one of those Christians that doesn't believe in the Old Testament. Well, gee, Jesus did. So that's a bit of a problem. Most of the Old Testament is prophecy and wisdom. That's also a bit of a problem. Most of that prophecy and wisdom points towards Jesus. That's a huge problem for you. I don't believe in the Old Testament. And you, then you've got a problem. Sorry. An interesting dude on Twitter today proposed an idea. I will not dox him. I will not point him out. I will not, you know, I will not describe anything about him because he's a cool dude on Twitter. And you're saying, well, Dan, why are you on Twitter again? You know why? Because there's one or two people on there who seem to give a shit about what I say, and I think they're real, and I've met a few of them, and I like talking to them, and I like hearing what they have to say. It's not that fucking complicated. What the fuck else are we going to do while we all wait to die, right? We can drink until it destroys our insides. Then what? Kidding, right? Kidding? Dan's kidding. Dan's joking. He's such a funny guy. Anyways, my friend on Twitter proposed the following, and I paraphrase. If someone lies to you, and it's not discovered, if you never, if you never learn that they lied to you, is that basically a lie? And it's a good question because I think lying is interesting. It's interesting scientifically in the study of social creatures. The fact is humans are not the only creatures that deceive. There's evidence to show that other creatures do the same. So this idea that deception is particularly a human trait, now I don't think that's true. I think that there's a lot more consciousness in nature than we realize. And with consciousness and imagination, even in small amounts, comes deception. I remember seeing this picture of an octopus crawling across the floor of the ocean, carrying a shell over its head and trying to look like a crab, trying to look like something it wasn't. Now, you could say, well, that's camouflage. Yes, yes, yes. Another name for that in Russian would be maskarovka or operational deception in the normal world of military science. But yes, that is deception. And so you could say, well, isn't that okay? For example, and this is an interesting one. During the siege of Richmond, during the Civil War, the Confederates, because frankly, they were very poor compared to the North, they had to be thrifty and smart. So they would take big black logs, big black gigantic logs, and paint them black. They would take giant logs and paint them black back to back. They would put these on the wall, and they were, you know, I'll just stop there. The point is, they would take logs and paint them black to make them look like cannon. And they would put these logs on the walls to defend Richmond. These were called Quaker guns. The reason why they were called Quaker guns is that they were never going to harm anyone unless they rolled on top of them. Now, of course, that's what you do in war, right? You deceive. Listen, in Genesis, and I don't know if it's Abraham or Isaac's clan, but one of these clans, these early clans in Genesis their daughters get attacked, you know, and it's like, holy crap, that's evil, these tribesmen. But then the tribesmen come back and say, well, listen, buddy, I'm really sorry for ravaging your daughters, but my kids have fallen in love with them, so maybe they can get married. And then I say, well, only if you get a circumcision, except, you know, these are adults. So even if this was intended to be an honest operation, these are adult men getting circumcised? Ouch. But they didn't get circumcised, they got their throats slit. Was that deception? Was that a lie? Was that a good lie? Was that a lie that God's okay with? 
And keep in mind, Genesis is not the same dispensation or agreement or covenant that you find, you know, with the Israelites fleeing Egypt. So in terms of chronology, it's okay to say, well, Dan, they were under a different covenant. So things were different. That's true. But this conversation is not about breaking covenants. It's about people and lying. And people do lie. And there is this concept of the noble lie. And I've, and I've talked about this before. It's a, it's a platonic thing. You know, going back to our good friend Plato, that fuck. And there are people who believe in the noble lie. They do. They believe that if you put forward the noble lie for a good reason, for a good outcome, it doesn't matter what you do. There are lots of people that believe that. So my friend proposed the following. If a lie doesn't get found out, if there's no evidence of it, you know, then what? What do you say to the what do you say of the lie that remains undiscovered? And it really depends. And the example I wanted to use is a Ponzi scheme. Because frankly speaking, almost everything looks like a Ponzi scheme to me at this point. I think maybe that's really that's that's what they decided to do when they formed their first city state. The first city-states thousands of years ago, they were Ponzi schemes created by religious classes of people that were good at telling you when it was going to rain. You know, it's going to rain tomorrow. Holy shit, it's going to rain tomorrow? And if it does rain tomorrow, then all of a sudden you're the chief priest. Let's say that you were involved in an investment scheme like what Bernie Madoff was running. Let's say you were one of the first 10. Let's say that this particular Ponzi scheme over a period of 20 or 30 years had 1,000 clients and you were one of the first 10. And the fact is, you made money. You made a lot of money. Now, of course, the money you made was stolen by new from new people, new members in the scheme. But from your perspective, you're making tons of money. You're making 20% year on year. From your perspective, this is a really cool scheme. And then in 19, let's say 1998, or let's say 2003, you die. You die in 2003. Now, Madoff doesn't get found out until 2008, right? So, you die in 2003 in a kind of Madoff-like scheme before this particular Ponzi guy, could be Madoff, gets found out. You made a lot of money. You left a lot of money to your kids. You died and you never knew, and this assume that in heaven you never found out, you never knew that it was all bullshit. So, so what of it? Was it okay? You lived a life. You made money. You never knew that it was crooked money. Is that okay? You, you can see there's a theme here, right? You can see that there's a connection here between that Isaiah 24 and that little rant about people talking about, well, all sins. You know, you know who loves to say all sins are the same? People that murder. Do you know who loves to say all sins are the same? People that, you know, yeah, rape and murder little kids. They would love to convince you that every sin is equivalent. Eh, it's not. It's not. Not in terms of the soul, not in terms of the damage it does to your neighbors, and I don't think in terms of Jesus Christ. Yes, you'll probably pull a quote out of the Bible, but Dan, it says here, yeah, I could probably find quotes that contradict it. My intu intuition tells me that every sin is not the same, okay? That it's true that everything can be forgiven. It's true. Not everything will be, but let's talk about this case. You lived a life Okay, you gave this Ponzi guy that you didn't know was a Ponzi guy your money, and he gave you more money back. You made money, you left money to your kids. Does it matter that later on it's found out to be a Ponzi scheme? Does it matter to you? You're dead. No, in the physical world of things, in that Ecclesiastes ice cream cone of bullshit, it probably doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't. You know, if, if all you care about is how big your bank account is the day you die, then probably ignorance is bliss. You know what I'm saying? It probably is. And I do believe Christ forgives all sins. He died on the cross to do it. But I'm not convinced that every sin is the same. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not. And, and, I would, and I'd even go a step further, that even if you were to argue that on some level every sin is the same, that somehow drinking is equivalent to murdering, which I can tell you it's not, sorry, 
No amount of your own masturbation around post-whatever Vatican VIII Catholic bullshit will ever convince me of that. Never. Murder is not equivalent to being a drunk. I'm sorry. If you think those are the same, you shouldn't be listening to somebody like me because I'm crazy. They're not. It's true you can be forgiven for both. You might not be if you don't ask for it. It is true that all can be saved. It doesn't mean everybody will be. Wake the fuck up. If you can't read the writing on the wall, fine. Don't listen to Daniel, but why don't you listen to a bit of Isaiah? Because he's telling you exactly what's going to happen, and I'm beginning to think it's going to start happening really fucking soon. And on that day, when you shake your fist at heaven and blame God, you will be choosing your side. Why did you do this to us, God? Why did you allow us to have free will to be evil pieces of shit? When you shake your fist like that, you will be declaring which side you're on, and it's not the side of Jesus. Yeah. Why could God do this to us? Why did God give us cancer, Dan? Why did God give us the COVID? Why did God make us bomb all those countries? Why did God make the U.S. Army murder a bunch of Native Americans at Wounded Knee? Oh yeah, that was a little over, like maybe 120 years ago. So don't pretend it's ancient fucking history. Why did God allow the U.S. government to murder Native Americans at Tuskegee? That wasn't ancient history. Why did God allow the U.S. government to poison Americans during the Cold War, at least half a million Americans, without their knowledge, with basically radiological materials, knowing it would give them cancer? Did God make them do it? Did he? I, you need to meditate on this shift, folks, because God didn't do those things. And if you read the words of Isaiah 24, it's pretty freaking clear where the responsibility is. And it's not with God. God will judge all of us. And God will save, and God does save. But God gave us free will, ladies and gentlemen. What you do with it is your responsibility. That is the riddle of sin. It's true. You can make money off a Ponzi scheme. Does it mean God forgives you for not asking questions? It's true. All you did was type the typewriter in the office for Eichmann. All I did was take a routing order and type. Do little tippity type type. All I did was that, Dan. All I did was make sure Train X got to Camp Y. I didn't care who was on X, and I didn't care what was happening at Y. Why would I care? Dan, I didn't hear the screams. You better be real careful about things that you don't think are sins because you don't know. Because the Lord in heaven also gave you a fucking brain. And if you choose to turn it off when you go to work every day, that too is a choice, folks. That is an absolute critical choice. That is the kind of choice that illuminates sin in one's life. Next topic, because wow, we went to some dark places, didn't we? Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Uh, this will lighten the mood. A quote from my good friend, Doc Freckles. And before we continue, i got to check something out because it looks like, I don't know, it's really noisy outside. Maybe they're doing some kind of a garbage bullshit. Noisy as fuck outside right now. Weird, weird explosions last night. Don't know what caused them. Strange explosions. Weird noises, weird tippity-tap-taps, weird fears and paranoias. Welcome to 2021. So here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. I didn't think I'd live to see 2021. Like I was hoping I wouldn't. I didn't think I'd live to see 2021. I was kind of hoping, you know, I wouldn't. That's a really dark fucking quote. 
Next topic. So there's this really silly movie from the early 80s um, starring Tom Hanks. But if you're one of these people that's interested in the archaeology of mindfucks, it's worth watching. Because an interesting, poignant scene in that particular film, Mazes and Monsters, a made-for-TV movie about the evils of Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. At the end of the movie, almost, um, Tom Hanks, who plays this guy who thinks he's a, a Dungeons & Dragons wizard or something, or dungeon master or maze master named Pardue, he's standing on one of the World Trade Center buildings that's, that's not there any longer, which is interesting. And it's like 19 years before, you know, Kablooey. And actually, if the filming was done a year earlier, it was like exactly 20 years. That's just funny. I don't know that that's true, but wouldn't it be funny if it were true? that exactly 20 years before 9-11, Tom Hanks was standing on one of the buildings giving a final weird soliloquy of bullshit. It's like his friends are chasing him up the fucking to the top of the building. Hey, Pardue, what are you doing up here? I'm going to join the Great Hall. But at this point, his friends try to help him, talk him off the fucking ledge in that literal, literal sense, not just a figurative sense. Talk him off the ledge of the World Trade Center. So he doesn't, he doesn't jump, you know, because no one's going to get to do that after 2001. Um, they try to talk him down. Hey, Pardue, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm going to join the Great Hall. But what if instead his friend said, okay, see you later, buddy. And what if Tom Hanks was his own stuntman? And... In the process of doing this, he had that weird kind of the little girl from Poltergeist or, or the situation with the Twilight Zone movie where somebody dies and it was predicted. Cursed. Yeah, what if Tom Hanks played his own stunts and accidentally falls off the World Trade Center and falls to his death? Dan, I love Tom Hanks. I love him. He's going to star in that movie come Christmas called Ring My Bell, the story of a vaccine-injured hero with Bell's palsy. So don't make fun of him like he's Pardue. But I think you should, you know, I, I include the link in the notes. Like if you drill down into the, the notes for yesterday, you'll see the YouTube link. And I, I recommend watching this little snippet of a terrible movie because it's it's weird. It's weird and it it's just like, I feel like there's a tapestry of predictive programming and what's sometimes called lesser magic that you can find throughout the pop culture of the late 20th century. And it's everywhere if you really look for it. It is everywhere. It's just that, you know, people want to just believe the things they want to believe. That's also a great way for lies to work. A lot of lying in terms of successful lies is about convenience. Because if you tell people lies that make their lives, excuse me, if you tell people lives, if you are a liar and you tell someone a lie that is going to make their life horribly inconvenient, you would expect at some point for people to throw the lie off, kind of like COVID-19. But if the truth is horrible, which is the people you trust lie to you like this, that they're monsters, that your whole life has been bullshit, paying taxes is bullshit, nobody wants to believe that. They want to believe the Ponzi scheme works for everybody. They want to believe Social Security will still be there in 10 or 20 years. They want to believe in things that are not God. And then they love blaming God when those things don't work. Isn't that funny about us fucking monkeys? We love blaming God for shit, you know, when it's convenient. You know who made me drink, ladies and gentlemen? Nobody. Nobody ever made me drink. Nobody ever made me find a path of least resistance through drinking and just not giving a crap. Nobody's making you do anything. But Dan, the cops will arrest me. Yeah, I know. The cops arrested Jesus too. Wake the fuck up if you're a Christian. Are you better than Jesus? Are you special? Jesus, you know, got arrested. Jesus got tortured and executed. Are you special? Do you get to avoid those types of things because you think you're special, like better than Jesus or something? I'd like to understand that. Jesus told us exactly what was going to happen. He said, you will be persecuted, and you'll be persecuted in my name. 
People will claim to represent God, but they will be but they will be representing Satan. These these things are are going to happen if you believe. But if you don't believe, then it doesn't really matter, though, does it? Anyways, I'm telling you, Mazes and Monsters is critical, critical film history from the well, TV film history from the early '80s. But you know, it also reminds you of those simpler times. You remember when our biggest fucking concern in life, our worst fucking concern, our fear was was whether or not Dungeons and Dragons would lead to early onset schizophrenia. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the message of Maze and Monsters. There are people out there who suffer from schizophrenia. If you play Dungeons and Dragons, it might aggravate your schizophrenia. If you drive an RV, you might be a terrorist. If you play video games, you might hate people. If you drink beer, you might be exactly like a murderer. But all I do is push paper at the bank. All I do is make sure the loans go through. All I do is fashion the chains. I don't see the people the chains get put on. Dan. Dungeons and Dragons. Let's just get to the next topic. You know, it's funny. The fraud in this election is pretty obvious. But what should be obvious at this point, okay? For all you guys who said, we need to vote for Trump because if we vote for Trump, he'll stop the shit from happening. Whatever the shit people thought was the shit, he was going to stop it. Wrong. Wrong. It did nothing. It solved nothing. The the evil that was being committed four or five, six years ago is still being committed. The horrible shit we do is not stopped. If you want to say, well, we stopped all the wars, that's a lie. We've moved troops around, that's true. We've also decided to occupy Syria. You know, basically the way that Mussolini or Hitler would have. That's also fucking true. Oh, but we haven't occupied all of Syria. Not yet. Dumbass. When was the last time Iran attacked the continental United States? When, when was the last time they did this? I just want to know. Does anybody know the last time the Iranians invaded Toledo? Do, do you remember when the uh, Iranians, Iranians did that? I don't remember that. But still, though, but still, though, if you don't have to hear the screams, right? Yeah, these people you elect, that's also part of the lie. It's not just that the elections are fraud. It's not just that democracy is really gang warfare by other means, which makes it morally reprehensible. It's not just that. But the real cruel ultimate joke is these people you think you elect can't do shit. You're basically choosing who's going to win this year's World Wrestling Smackdown. Congratulations. And it perhaps explains why people could vote for Biden and just not give a fuck, because on some level, people know the truth. It's like, that person doesn't even have to be there. They don't have to have a brain. They could have a a cockroach control mechanism, a la CIA 1969, embedded in their skull. They don't actually have to do any thinking. They will be told what to think, just like the rest of us. Yeah... You remember when things were simpler? Dungeons and Dragons. You remember when people were scared about, you know, playing heavy metal backwards? You know, if you play this song by Judas Priest backwards, you'll open a gate to hell. If you play this song backwards... play this song backwards, you will open a gateway to hell. And then I was thinking, I mean, it's a little bit weird to think this way, a little bit strange, a little bit bizarre, but I was thinking, what if in fact that's what exactly happened? 
Like, what if all those fucking kids back in the 80s who took their ACDC and their fucking Metallica and all their fucking Norwegian death metal, that's super hot, and they just played that shit backwards on their turntables, you know? Turn that shit backwards on their turntables while masturbating to a poster of Raquel Welch. Or maybe, I don't know, Pat Benatar? Maybe. Or Madonna. Ugh, Madonna. When I first saw a picture of Madonna back in the 80s, I thought to myself, she has crabs. I mean, her and Sean Penn, they made this stupid movie. God, I forget the name. That's how great a movie it was. It was a stupid period piece. I think it was from the 40s or 50s type period piece they made. It was a terribly shitty movie. The only thing I can say about Madonna is she has really good PR and she has nice boobs. Or at least I think she used to. She's now beginning to look like some monster. Like, because there's so much of that surgery going on and so little of life. She's starting to look like a monster. But... She had nice breasts, and I will give that to her. So congratulations, Madonna, on not having nice boobs. But she didn't really have talent. And the thought, the thought that entered my head was gross, you know? Ugh, crabs. I picked a few songs I thought we would play backwards um, just so that we could understand what happens. This first one is ACDC, Whole Lot of Rosie. And this is backwards, and I believe it is um, sped up a little bit, potentially, with a pitch change. But let's, let's listen to this one. That actually sounds okay, doesn't it? And then there's here's this middle piece here. That actually sounds pretty good. I mean, I gotta say, one of the things about music I think is generally true is that if you play it forwards or backwards, it usually sounds okay. You can change its speed and pitch. It usually still sounds like music. In fact, that's a good definition of a signal versus noise is this idea that from a probabilistic perspective, um, simple transformations are still relatively non-lossy. That's a data thing. Lossy represents how much of the original information is lost. That's not complicated. Kind of like pixelation. Or how certain items aren't showing up at the grocery store no more. So sorry. I gotta go to another store. That's also pixelation. Anyways. This next one is Heart, and I believe it's Barracuda. It's fed up. Okay, Heart, this song is usually like six minutes or something. I got it down to a minute. I reversed it. And you gotta listen to this crazy ass shit, man. This is crazy. This is cray cray. <laughs> so that is heart, band heart, and that is, um, Barracuda sped up and reversed. And it actually sounds like a video game, doesn't it? Doesn't, I didn't really hear any voices there. Let's just see. This next one is from the Monkees, uh, another Pleasant Valley Sunday, I think. And um, I want to do this portion, the middle portion, because you got to listen to this. So basically, that was the monkeys, and that was Pleasant Valley Sunday. And actually, what's funny is that little piece from the middle, it's, again, you can think of this like a musical palindrome. It's palindrome day, and it's like a musical palindrome, because sometimes a set of tones gets set, set up in a sequence in such a way that if you reverse it, it almost sounds the same. Of course, there's distortion, because if you, if you just blindly reverse something, 
without thinking about the distinguishing characteristics within the signal itself, you're going to get distortion. But it's really funny because this is like ba 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 ba. You can tell it's a song. <laughs> but actually, it's the darker version because it's like and this is, maybe this is why demons like to play music backwards because listen it speaks to them it speaks their connection this next one is nora jones i believe i applied the transformations already we're going to listen to this this is nora jones let's see let's see what we hear here gonna mute this mute the monkeys you know my mouse has been fucking up for several days now it's almost like some kind of, I don't know what's going on. I wait 10 seconds and then it resets. Could be the mouse is bad. Could be some fucking 5G ass bullshit. I have no fucking idea. It, I, nothing would amaze me at this point or surprise me. Such a wretched fucking neo-Stalinist Death Star bullshit. I have no doubt that they're fucking with people in 50 different ways right now. Fuck you, deep state scumbags. Next one, but we'll mute the monkeys first. The last one we're gonna do, reverso-wise, I think, um, is Nora Jones, let's see. Okay, so this, this is basically, this is Nora Jones. This is Nora Jones, The Nearness of You, reversed, and I believe... Come on, I'm gonna mute you again. No, this is Nora Jones. Um, I think it's at close to the same speed, but reversed. enough of that right holy crap i have weird thoughts on the subject of reverse voice phenomena or or weird voice phenomena um i've met people in the alternative world who will say that that happens it's another kind of predictive programming or lesser magic and that could be true i don't know um I really don't know. I don't want to tell you about reversing stuff. I think it's dangerous to play with things that you suspect could be connected to evil. And there are people who suspect that reversing music is connected to that demonic realm. I'm split on that. I think that if all you're doing is reversing it to make a noise sound funny, that's probably okay. A lot of this is about intention. It's kind of like that conversation about curses. You know, the curses versus coarse language conversation? I'm pretty certain that just about every Hebrew in the good book used, used um, coarse language from time to time. In fact, I'm pretty certain it happened a lot, and I'm pretty certain I know why they didn't include it in the Bible, because, you know, it gets edited, really. But yeah, people use bad language throughout history. That's not a curse. And, and I'm going to say this because a lot of people this year especially need to wise the fuck up. Here's a curse. I hope you die. That's a curse, okay? It's that fucking simple. When you wish things upon people, knowing that you yourself don't have the power to do it, knowing that some other force would have to do it, and you could say, well, I didn't really mean it, and God knows that. God knows that. You shouldn't curse, but if you actually say something like that and you don't mean it, Jesus knows it, but does the person that heard it know it? Does the person that heard you curse know that you were lying, that you were kidding, that you were joking, because it's not that funny of a joke. I don't wish people dead, really, that often. Sometimes I do, I'll admit to it. There are some terribly shitty people on planet Earth right now I've never met personally, but I have from time to time wished that they were dead. I have, because they're that terrible, because they're that shitty, because what they're doing to the human race is wrong on a monumental scale. So if I said I wish Bill Gates was dead, I don't think that anything's going to happen to him because if he's part of God's plan, even as a wretched piece of shit, he's still going to be in the game. Because God's answer might be, Dan, 
Listen, the, the Bible you're reading, it needs shitty people to make some of this shit happen. I don't want it to happen, really. I'd prefer you guys made different fucking choices, but I'm God, and I've seen the kinds of choices you make, and I'm a really good gambler. So you can wish Bill Gates dead all you want to, but if he's actually part of the Lord's plan in terms of, you know, the book of Revelation and prophecy and eschatology, then guess what? He's like a rock or a mountain or a river. He is part of the feature set. He's not going away. He will do the terrible shit he intends to do. But still, I'll wake up on a day or two and say, I wish that motherfucker was dead. I wish the entire, the entire Federal Reserve was surrounded. I wish that we actually had officers in our military who took their fucking oath seriously. Because if they did, they'd surround the Federal Reserve. They would obliterate that place. Yes, yes, they'd remove the people first so they could stand trial. But that fucking building would be turned to fucking dust. That's not going to happen. But it would be great if it did. That is a curse. So cursing is wrong and we all do it. But be fucking careful. We should not do it. It is God's place to judge. That is why curses are fundamentally wrong. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's God's. It doesn't mean we can't have opinions, and it doesn't mean we can't make choices about what people do, but ultimately, whether or not a person is damned is not your choice. You can defend yourself against them. Guess what? Not judging doesn't mean you allow people to run you over. That's also something that people get fucking confused about. I cannot judge whether or not someone's going to hell. I'm like 99.9% .9 certain that Bill Gates is going to hell. But because it's God's place to damn a soul, I don't really know. I just wish he was fucking dead. And that is a curse. Saying fuck you is coarse language. Anyways. If I had a mansion... If I had one of those fancy-ass fucking mansions that people have in movies, you know, the big ones, the stone ones, the, the ones that are hidden away from all the Gombulak freaks, or even if I didn't have a mansion, if I just had a shitty private condo someplace with a big corrugated fucking gate system with concertina wire over the top and another brick wall with those broken glass bottles set into the top in concrete so if someone tries to cl climb over it, Fuck you. If I had a, man, a, a condo like that, or even just a little fucking shack in a fucking abandoned lot, and I had a gate with a speaker on it, where you push the button, you push the button to talk, so you can talk to me and say, can I come in? Oh my gosh. If I had such a thing, I would actually put the whole thing on a closed loop. It wouldn't even talk to anybody. It would just be a closed loop with a recording. You push the fucking button to talk, Hey, Dan, can I come over and, and talk to you? You would get a short delay with some static, like, and, be, and then you'd hear, fuck you. And there would be at least three or four different random messages that were mostly, get the fuck away, fuck you, get the fuck out of here. If I had a mansion with a gate and an intercom, I would never have to talk to that intercom and say, well, Dan, what about your friends? My friends would know better. My family would know better. They would go to that fucking intercom, push the fucking button, and they'd probably get a laugh. I, I'm not doing this for my friends and family. I'm doing this for a lot of the wretched scumbags out there that I just don't fucking trust. The random motherfucker that would put a mask on their child. These are people I want to push the button, push the button, it'll say, fuck you, get out of here, get out of here, asshole, you know, just go. And... Call me a jerk for saying it, but that's the way it is. Next topic. It's a Saturday spectacular because we've gone to the darkest depths of, you know, of fucking whatever, and we've talked about the mountain men and women of Montana. And that was a nice thing. We've talked about drinking too much and drinking, yeah, drinking too much. And sin, oh, sin. Oh, sin, sin, sin. But I stick to my word on this. All sins are bad. All of them. But they're not all the same. There are sins you commit that really are terrible, but they kind of just disappear like gas. You know? Like, for example, 
it's probably wrong to go into a room and deliberately fart. I, I don't think people should do that. And I would argue that that's kind of a terrible thing to do to people in general. So on the scale of sin, would deliberately going into a room filled with people and farting be a kind of sin? Uh, yeah, maybe, potentially. It, you know, it, it's an act against, you know, your neighbor that in many ways is vile and disrespectful. So, hey, yeah. Now, if you go into that same room with five pounds of Semtex wired to your chest, surrounded by ball bearings, and you push the button, and you kill those 50 people instead of just, you know, making them want to walk outside, that too is a fucking sin. If you see no difference between those two sins, there's something wrong with you. Really, really wrong with you. If that's your interpretation of Christianity, welcome to why we're here. Welcome to why we have the Federal Bureau of fucking Investigation wanting to normalize pedophilia as a matter of policy. That's why we're here, because all sins are the same. Raping and murdering children is exactly like farting and drinking, is it? Get the fucking message. I think we're almost done with this podcast. I think I pissed off enough people in my moment of clarity. <laughs> it's going to get worse from here, folks. If you like my podcast, you might not like it. I might not like it. I might not even like any of this without drinking. I I'm sorry. That's where I'm coming from. If you're like, well, Dan, I can't believe your shitty attitude. All I can say is fuck you. And that is coarse language, not a curse. Fuck you. Fuck you and whatever you think the world is right now to other people or to yourself. You're being lied to every fucking day and you drink it up like it's the wine of the Lord. That wine is going to go away. That beer you drink is going to turn bitter. That grocery store, sooner than you think, is going to stop working. And none of this is going to be smooth or gentle. None of it. So yeah, I also want to say this too. I reached out for help the last couple days asking for people to pray for me, and I appreciate it. As you can tell, I'm filled with a lot of rage, a lot of anger. And I don't know where that's going to go. It's probably going to go into the podcast or be yelled into the streets, you know, a few times this year when I took the limited cure because I had no money. Um, and that's the limited cure. You know, you don't have any beer because you don't have any money. That's not really the deciding not to drink. That's just not having money to buy beer. Big, big fucking difference. But I would see myself walking across the fucking intersections, people wearing their fucking masks and just screaming at people. It's just screaming at people. It's crazy. It's madness. I'd break out in a song, walking down the street, singing songs about how fucking stupid people are. And they just keep walking with their nasty-ass face tampons their nasty-ass skunk masks, their nasty-ass destruction of a significant portion of how you fucking communicate as a human being. You can ignore God. You can ignore all of the messages. You can be your own atheistic piece of shit self. But that part of the face they're covering up, that's a big part of how we communicate. Dumbass. So, yeah, welcome to 2021. Don't know where I'll be in a few weeks, but I think I'm leaving Little Saigon, by the way. I don't know where I'm going. Don't know where I'm going. Don't even know if I'll get more than 200 feet away. I know that in a few weeks I'll be going someplace else because I don't see anything tenable about staying here. Probably there's nothing tenable about anywhere else right now. Probably it's exactly what I said in 2014. I would just be changing seats on the same fucking airplane. 
But yeah, I might change seats on the airplane again. Took my little trip to Seattle for reasons of far from my own desire, and I got to see what was left of this terrible place and all the fucking terrible people and what they did to it. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen what you've done. And then I've seen you scream and shake your fist, Seattle is dying. No, 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 no. The Lord knows. Seattle's lying. Huh. And lying in a big, terrible way. And maybe it's not everyone, but like with good things or bad things, it's not everyone. Oh, that's another thing about Christianity. It's not communism. As with... Um, not everyone will be saved, even though they can be saved, okay? Because, listen, you can be saved. It doesn't mean you will be. Christianity is not communism. Not everybody in Seattle is um, living according to the sodomites and the evildoers, but enough people are. And if enough people changed, it could go the other direction. That's the trick. It's not communism. It's not telling people, well, if we're all Christians, no. Christ never saw that coming, never, never really probably even wanted it because that would indicate the lack of free will. If enough people commit evil in a city, the city will be destroyed. If enough people commit goodness in a city, the city can be saved. Life on earth is limited, but it doesn't mean it has to be hell. And ultimately, what we do here is related to being saved. Even if it's only through the act of faith itself, it's still an act we do on earth. This was not a service of Little Saigon's church. This was not a, a Christian service. This was a podcast. All the coarse language and terrible ideas are mine. All rights reserved before the judgment of God. My judgment, not yours. Okay? If you think your judgment is mine and mine is yours, that's communist fucking bullshit. My relationship to Jesus is my own. Yours is your own. If I use words like I and me, I recommend reading Martin Buber's I and thou. There was a covenant with Jacob, and it still exists for the remnant, but I'm not part of the remnant, folks. I'm pretty much 100% Scotch-Irish, so I'm not part of the remnant. I'm not part of Jacob. That covenant, that dispensation does not apply to me. My covenant, my dispensation is the one given to me by Jesus Christ, just like to you. You can have faith and you can be saved. You can do right by the Lord or you can fall. There will be people passing by the right and passing by the left. Make your choice. But this is not a church service. but at least I'm not drinking, right? <laughs>